right, let's go uh, to Romans this morning. I think Kelly's pulling double duty this morning and said she'd be in in a minute. And the uh, some of the others are greeting David and Peggy. And I think we all wear a lot of hats when a church is not as big. You just have to do what you got to do to get it done. And uh, but appreciate the prayers. <clears throat> Praise God. Uh, Go with me this morning to Romans chapter 1. And uh, let's uh, just kind of go from that point forward. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for uh, helping us, teaching us, instructing us, uh, Lord, to please you in the life of prayer. We thank you, Father God, that we move from uh, praying somewhat effective to more effective and that we, uh, Father God, are greatly skilled and greatly learned, taught by the Holy Spirit in the life of prayer. We just thank you, Father God, that you've put this in our heart to, to, uh, to grow in this area, to develop in this area. We know that your house is called a house of prayer and we're called a people of prayer. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Romans, uh, we said last time that uh, that as far as chronological order, I mean for as time, which one were written uh, first, that uh, Romans was not the first epistle that was written. Uh, scholars actually say that the Thessalonian letters were the first epistles written by Paul. But because Romans uh, carries the you know theme of justification by faith, and it's his great treatise, and and uh, uh, the Lord used Paul in his uh, intellectual uh, you know mind to present uh, the gospel uh, so clearly, you know. When a lot of times when people talk about sharing Christ, they talk about the Romans road. And they talk about systematically how, you know, that it says, you know, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then Romans chapter, that's sorry, and then Romans 6 is, uh, you know, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God uh, is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Uh, says being justified by faith, we have peace with God, our Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, Romans says that uh, Paul said, "I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation uh, to the Jew first, and also to the Gentile, to all that believe. To the Jew first, and also to the Gentile, for therein is a righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith." And so, y'all know all of those scriptures. <clears throat> And uh, know the revelation that's so beautiful communicated in Romans. So Romans is put first. And we've been talking about praying. And I feel like for my own personal benefit that I'm supposed to continue uh, teaching along this line until the Lord releases us on the prayers of the epistles. And so we've kind of hop skipped around and talked about some of the content of some of the prayers in Ephesians and the one in Philippians about love. Uh, there are a lot of the epistles that uh, have prayers in them that are not so prayerish as others. They don't seem like that they're directly, uh, you know, uh, like I bow my knees, I'm going to pray type prayers. They're kind of interwoven. And so, unless the Lord leads us different, we're going to try to locate those as well and glean from those as well. And again, the whole purpose of us uh, looking at the uh, the prayers in the epistles, we've, we keep mentioning it, and it's worthy of mention, and that is, is that we are born-again, spirit-filled Gentiles who are now part of the body of Christ and the church of God, and that the revelation that was revealed uh, through Paul... Uh, is is where we live yeah. in that light 
And uh, so, uh, again, the Old Testament was written for us, the Gospels were written for us, but the epistles were written to us. And so, I'm repeating things again, but uh, Brother Hagen, I think, said it uh, well. He said, uh, go past the cross, and we're not taken away from the cross, but go past the cross to Pentecost, and then go past Pentecost to being uh, seated in the heavenly places. So our positional uh, point of of uh, effective praying <clears throat> comes from positionally being in Christ, having Christ Jesus as our mediator, uh, being born again, spirit filled, having authority in Jesus' name, and uh, and the light that we have in the epistles just puts us if we live in that and pray in that puts us in a better position to pray effectively. And then, again, a reminder, so much uh, of what's revealed in the epistles is not something we're trying to obtain or get, but has already been given, and that we are to have the emphasis is on praying that our eyes be enlightened so that we see what's already given. Instead of working on the sending in, uh, we're working on the receiving in. If I'm praying that I see better and my eyes are lightened, I'm praying for the receiving in. If I'm saying, oh God, bless me with spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Oh God, uh, give me authority in Jesus. Now I'm working on His end trying to get Him to do something. And uh, we're never uh, behind. God, uh, God's never behind us. We're, uh, we're behind Him. And so He's already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. And so the main emphasis for the saints that we see prayed in the epistles is not for God to do something, but for us to see what's already been done and walk in the light of it. So this changes the whole dynamic of how we pray. And it also, in addition to that, we need to add to that fact that we've just talked about is that you see a lot of thanksgiving uh, connected with prayer in the epistles because we're a conscience of benefits received, which Thanksgiving is giving thanks for something that's been done. So we see a great inclusiveness of Thanksgiving in prayer and nearly, nearly all of Paul's prayers start out with him thanking God and Thanksgiving having a precedence even before petition. And so just these kind, this kind of mindset is to just revolutionize our prayer life. Yeah. And so uh, we're going to continue to camp on the epistles, and we may go over some of this stuff over and over again, but hopefully the backside of it is we come out with the same spirit that Paul prayed with, yeah. living in the same revelation that he lived in. Yeah. And you can't separate the doctrine again from prayer. Uh, If you're reading through the epistles, Paul is expounding the doctrine of Christ Jesus, and all at once he stops in the middle of it and begins praying. So uh, the word and prayer shouldn't be two compartmentalized areas of our life. We're like, okay, we're going to go pray. Oh, we're going to go read the Word. No, when you're reading the Word, you're fellowshipping with the Lord, and it's natural to pray in the midst of your uh, reading of the Word and fellowshipping with the Lord. And vice versa. It's natural if you're focused on prayer to actually uh, stop in the middle of it and recount the Word of God that you're praying on, the foundation of the will of God that you're praying with in regard to the faith. Amen. So this whole thing is uh, it, it's changing me and changing my prayer life to be on a higher level. And so if we live in the epistles and we're instructed out of the epistles, then we should pray with that perspective that we have from our spiritual position in the epistles. Also, remember that of all the prayers in the Word of God, and we're not taken away from any of the prayers uh, because we learn a whole lot about praying and about God through the Old Testament and through the Gospels and through Jesus' life and all of those things. But also remember that born-again people are sons of God. 
And as sons of God, uh, we're praying to our Father. And so in the epistles you see Paul, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the epistles are prayed to the Father, and they're prayed through the mediatorial work and representation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know that we don't have any approach and we don't have anything outside of Christ. And so, uh, uh, but we do have Him and we do have uh, boldness and confidence to enter into the holiest through uh, the efficacy, the power of His blood. So, uh, uh, those are two things that uh, just, uh, you know, permeate and pervade our spirit of prayer in the epistles is, is that of the fatherhood of God and of the present day uh, ministry, the mediatorial work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything that we have with God, He executed through Christ. And so it's in light of what Christ is to us today that we pray effectively and we pray in line with the epistles. Hallelujah. <laughs> I think we ought to just praise God right here. Father, thank You for exalting us to such a high place. Thank You for abundant grace that's positioned us to be a success in our Christian life and our Christian prayer. We thank You, Father God, that principalities and powers are subject to the name of Jesus, that we have righteousness, uh, and that we have Your very own innocence and purity to enter into Your presence, Lord. We enter in boldly today, Lord. Not arrogantly, but we enter in boldly. Uh, because it's by grace, but nevertheless, it's complete and perfect in what that's been done, Lord. And we rejoice that we, uh, Father God, are received at the throne, just as if He uh, is received at the throne. Uh, in His name we come, in His righteousness we come, in His work we come. And we thank You that we are indeed victorious and we are sons through what Jesus has done and provided for us. Thank You, Father God, that You make us giants in the prayer life. Spiritual giants and giants in prayer. And Father, we thank You that we have access to the full uh, power of Your glory. Uh, Father God, effectual, fervent prayer of righteous people makes tremendous power available, dynamic. And Lord, that it's the desire of Your heart and You've longed for centuries uh, Lord, to have those, Father God, that fellowshiped with You on such a place and in such a way. And Father, we thank You that You've worked hard, that Jesus has worked hard to bring about uh, everything that needed to happen so that we could uh, fellowship with You, Father God, truly in spirit and in truth. Thank You for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Anybody going to say amen with me? Amen. 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 You know you are privileged and blessed people. <laughs> We are indeed greatly blessed. And uh, praise God. Amen. Uh, let's start here in Romans chapter 1. And again, we're going to look at some of the little smaller, odd, uh, you know, uh, not so prayerish prayers. <laughs> I'm looking for language to describe this. So, uh, Romans 1, we'll start in verse 1. And again, I'm teaching some. Uh, we don't, I want to pray, but, uh, uh, and it's necessary. If you go to driver's ed class, you just don't want to sit in the classroom all the time. You do want to pray, but uh, some of this is necessary for us to, uh, you know, to pray the way we need to pray. So, uh, Romans chapter 1, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle. How many know servanthood always comes before apostleship? And uh, we need to keep, you know, order where order is due for servants. Americans don't like to serve so much because they feel like that they're owed something (laughs) and they're supposed to be served. And that's pride and that's arrogance and it hinders the grace of God. Uh, You can't be 
gracious to a person that feels like they deserve it. Uh, That is a good principle in life. If someone feels like they deserve something, uh, then it's owed them. And if they feel like it's owed them, then it's uh, it's not grace. But uh, like someone said, if you don't expect anything from anybody, nobody owes you anything. Then everything that anybody does for you, you will be grateful and thankful for because you didn't feel like they owed it to you. And you'll have a whole lot less problem with offense and hurt feelings, and you'll be a whole lot happier in life if you go like, nobody owes me anything, so I'm not expecting anybody to do anything for me, but if they do, then I'm going to be thankful and grateful for it. And that way you're not disappointed that everybody didn't roll out the red carpet or or mention your name or, you know, give you a 21-gun salute or send you a VIP invitation <laughs> or seat you at the head table or whatever it is, you know. It just keeps you uh, a whole lot happier and a whole lot dealing with a whole lot less offense not to feel like people owe you. Yeah, that's right. And so it's an area that all of us have to work on and it's how uh, we do a process and deal with what people say and what people do. But uh, really it's freedom because then no matter what's said or what's done, uh, it doesn't mess up your day because you wasn't expecting anything to be done anyway. Right? Right. And so, again, uh, capital, uh, you know, the, the, the best way, I think, to say it is, is that you can't be gracious. You can't show grace to a person that feels like they deserve it. Amen. If someone feels like they deserve it. And you know you have to you know have to work on things in that area. Uh, you know if somebody forgets your birthday, <laughs> or they did send you flowers on a special day, or whatever, then it can mess your whole day up if you if you uh, if you've got this attitude about, well, they were supposed to. Who says they were supposed to? Yeah. You know, people... <laughs> this this is big boy, big girl stuff. And, you know, to break through in life and to really get free from petty stuff, you have to have some of these opportunities where people don't notice you or you thought people were going to do such and such for you. And if you can get free from that, you can be happy. Like uh, I heard, I think it was Brother Lester Summerall said, he said, my happiness, he talked about how that he was, a, as a young man, he went and preached in a place. And after he got through preaching, he said, a, a little lady came up and said, you know, uh, I've heard a lot of preachers, you're the best preacher in the whole world. <laughs> And uh, he said that meeting the next night that another young man spoke and uh, said after the service, he happened to be up close to the front and the little lady came up. But this time it wasn't him that spoke. It was this other young man that spoke. And she said, I've heard all the preachers in the world and you're the best preacher I've ever heard. <laughs> and he says that he said it's pretty amazing when a little country lady has heard every preacher in the world, you know. But he said that it messed with him a little bit because it caused him to have a little bit of a big head when she said that. And she said that he said that at that point he made the decision uh, about what we're going to talk about. And he said I made the decision that my happiness was not in other people's heads. And so what he was saying by, you know, my happiness was not other people's head was, you know, that we're going to live before the Lord, do our best to do things with excellence as unto the Lord. And if people approve us, then fine. If people don't approve us, then it's not going to mess our day up if we're doing the best we know how to do from the Lord. Does that make sense? 
Like, you know, if I've done my best to serve God today and someone says, well, I don't think you did a good job. Well, I, I appreciate it if godly people, you know, have, you know, correction and instruction and we can receive that and honor it, you know, and offer it to the Lord. Uh, whether it's, you know, there's truth to it. And a lot of times we need to make changes and people have good things. But, uh, you know, ultimately it's not before God. Paul said in another place in Galatians, he said, if I am the servant of men, then I am not the servant of Christ. And so the influence of political correctness, the influence of our society, people try to manipulate other people by what they say and what they approve of and don't approve of. And uh, they'll call you a bigot. They'll call you, uh, you know, this or that, uh, you know, and they'll attack you. Uh, you know, and if you're given to feeling everybody's opinion and trying to please everybody, then it will get you out of the will of the Lord. And so you have to have your happiness coming from your relationship with the Lord and His approval and not in other people's heads. Now, I'm not talking about being cold and distant and and not, you know, open to uh, other people, you know, uh, but at the same time, that needs to be the criterion of it is, you know, uh, where are we at with the Lord and are we obeying the Lord? And then if everybody's unhappy because you're obeying the Lord, then they're just unhappy. Yeah, that's right. Right? That's good. And, uh, and that means that you're not the pawn of everybody's ability to try to manipulate you or control you through your words. Amen. Amen. So back again to what we're talking about off the subject a little bit, but uh, you can't be gracious, you can't show grace to a person that feels like they deserve it. And uh, we need to remove from our vocabulary uh, the phrase, what did I ever do to deserve this? Well, if we got what we did deserve, we the wages of, of, of sin is death, we would go to hell. Uh, we'd be separated from God eternally. Uh, we would not have any of the blessings of God because we don't deserve any of what God has done for us. It's unearned. It's unmerited. It's unwarranted. It's un, uh, you know, uh, in every way. Uh, and so to really have the right attitude before the Lord, which is humility, is the acknowledgement of no I didn't deserve it and everything that's been given to me and that Christ did for me was a free gift and I'm blessed happy and I'm thankful Uh, this is really important in getting rid of ingratitude the more and more I go along and see that ungratefulness ingratitude or unthankfulness is a thing that actually impedes and shuts down the grace and the work of the Holy Spirit in our life and is detrimental to our life. And so maintaining a, a realization of, uh, of grace and how blessed we are to have what we have and that we didn't deserve it, uh, you know, uh, keeps us, you know, like I said, you can't, God can't be gracious to someone who feels like they deserve it. If I say, I deserved eternal life, I deserve God uh, healing me, I deserve, uh, you know, th- that is not faith. Uh, that is the opposite of faith. And, uh, you know, you don't deserve anything. Uh, but thank God, God did give us everything. Yeah, yeah. Amen. And so, anyway. Let's stop and praise God again. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we did not and do not deserve all you have done for us. It is so wonderful what you have freely and uh, undeservedly, unearnedly, unmeritedly bestowed upon us. We thank you today for the rich grace and abundant mercies and the love that You have poured out upon us. Oh, thank You, Lord, for being so good to us. Thank You, Lord, for being so kind to us. Thank You, Lord, for being so gracious to us. Hallelujah. One of my favorite uh, illustrations of grace is out of... uh, 
Brother Tony Cook's book. I think it's in the bookstore. It's called Grace, the DNA of God. It's the best book on grace that I've ever uh, been acquainted with. Would highly recommend it. Uh, grace, the DNA of God by Tony Cook. And uh, in one of the chapters, he starts out giving an illustration of grace. And uh, he's talking about a motorist, a guy that's traveling. He's in a hurry. He gets busted for going, uh, you know, 60 and a 35. And uh, they take him before the judge. And uh, he knows he's guilty. He's 25 over. And so uh, he's there before the judge to get you know, the fine, and he don't have any money to pay the fine, and uh, so he gets before the, the bench, and the judge looks at him, and uh, while he's looking at him, he takes his billfold out and uh, puts all the money uh, for his fine there and says, I'm going to pay your fine for you, and so uh, he's thankful he starts out of the courtroom, gets in the parking lot, looks back. The judge is walking behind him, and uh, he uh, he says uh, the judge approaches him and says, "By the way, he says uh, I know your car is just a beater and it's all beaten apart. Here's the keys to my new Mercedes. I'm going to give it to you." And he uses that to illustrate what God has done for us. Because Jesus paid the debt that we owed. We owed a debt we couldn't pay. And then God has just followed us out. And we know that we're the lawbreakers. We've broken the law. But God has given us all needs supplied according to His riches and glory. He's given us peace. He's given us righteousness. He's been... Uh, you know, therefore, it's never left us or forsake us. He just gives us and just keeps on giving. And of course, the correct response to that is <laughs> thank you, thank you, and thank you. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, the ability to actually perceive and recognize grace is, uh, is something that, uh, you know, that our flesh and the enemy would try to keep us from having. But, uh, man, we would be dancing through the tulips all day long if we could just keep our mind on how wonderful God's gifts are to us. And, uh, you know, how that without, you know, His intervention, we would have went down the tube eternally. So uh, this is the spirit of the epistles, this gratitude. And that's why Paul so often starts out everything he does with thanksgiving because he was just steeped, saturated, pervaded, permeated with a sense of God's grace because that revelation had come to him uh, so clearly and God had chosen Paul to reveal Christ in him. And you know, uh, the whole thing about Christ is the law and uh, the law came by Moses, but grace... And truth came by Jesus Christ. So the more uh, you know that we uh, know of Jesus Christ, the more we're knowing of God's grace. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And that's good. We're blessed people. <laughs> we are blessed people. That's why before the Ephesians 1 prayer and the Ephesians 3 prayer, which it's all one letter, uh, we find in the same letter the first thing Paul says. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, past tense, blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the Amen. heavenly places. Amen. And so, uh, you know, you cannot be a New Testament epistle, you know, uh, uh, you know, founded believer without having regular and continual thanksgiving for God's grace overflowing in your life. Amen. If you're receiving an increasing revelation of Jesus Christ, if you're growing in the light of what's revealed in the epistles, you're going to be growing and abounding in thanksgiving. Amen. Uh, <laughs> go back with me to Colossians and let's look at Colossians. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
Ephesians, go to Ephesians 5. It's right before Philippians there. You know, the more you talk about grace, the more conscious you get of it. Amen. Amen. And uh, Ephesians 5, talking about the characteristic of being filled with the Spirit, and of course being filled with the Spirit is connected with walking in the Spirit and connected with what the Spirit of God is revealing to us. But he said, don't be drunk with wine or alcohol wherein is excess or right. In other words, people do crazy things if they uh, get under the influence of alcohol. That's usually not constructive. Uh, uh, I mean, there would be thousands of people uh, that were not dead if they had not got drunk. Right? Uh, And thousands of other people that they have injured uh, because people felt a necessity to get under the influence of alcohol. And uh, we're not condemning people hard, but that's never the answer. Uh, you know, people drink to get away from problems and to get out of the present tense despondency. And, and praise God, that's not the answer. God uh, is the answer to despondency and the answer to problems. Praise God. If you've got God, you don't need other things. I mean, uh, so he said, uh, drunk with wine, wherein is excess. But uh, he said, in contrast to being under the influence of that, be filled with or under the influence of the Spirit. Like you guys get under. (laughs) And he said, the characteristics of being filled with the Spirit is you're going to be speaking to yourselves. In psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I mean, we're talking about the grace of God, and you're talking about Jesus. And of course, the Bible says in the book of Revelation that uh, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So when you're talking about prophesying, uh, just uh, it's the testimony of what's been done in Christ. And uh, he said, speaking to yourself in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I could speak in psalms right now about the grace of God. Just, I mean, I could just, you know, and you could too. I mean, you just start testifying about Jesus and what's been done for you, and psalms will start coming out. Right? Amen. I mean, you could just start out by saying, long ago... <clears throat> came a champion from heaven. The Word made flesh. Jesus, the Son of God. Amen? The Holy Spirit will hook up with you on stuff like that. And He, you know, came into the darkness of this world and brought the light of life. Men's heart was made glad and demons feared. And the triumphant one accomplished the will of the Father. Defeating death and defeating hell and bringing redemption, wisdom, and light to men so that they might be the sons of God and have eternal redemption and reconciliation. My heart is glad and my spirit will rejoice in the work of the Lord. For He hath made me glad. He filled me with His goodness and His glory. His grace has flooded my life. I'm strong in the Lord and the power of His light, proclaiming the glories of the One who hath made all things right. My tongue shall sing, my heart shall be glad. I will give glory to the Lord, for He hath made me glad. Demons are defeated and under my feet, for in Christ Jesus and His work I'm made complete. A race of newborn men, uh, born from above, walking in God's grace and walking in God's love. Let all below rejoice and sing. Let them before Him praises bring. For the Lord hath turned all things around, so now grace doth cause thanksgiving to resound. It's a glad day, a day that the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad. And let the redeemed of the Lord 
so say. Amen. So you just, you know, the Word of Christ dwells in you and grace dwells in you and you start praising Jesus and psalms and hymns start flowing out. Amen. <laughs> Are you still here? So you can do that. You can do that. You can do that. And... Uh, you know, it's uh, you start doing it, and the flow gets stronger. And if you do that for a while, then you'll leave having been in the presence of God, and you'll be built up. Yeah. Speaking psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Amen. Amen. So he said, uh, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now I'm more given to. To, to speak a psalm and poetry wise than I am to sing just because some people sing better <laughs> than others. I sing by myself. I occasionally sing and then regret publicly that I did. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, like someone said, uh, you know, all people can sing. Uh, some should record, some shouldn't. <laughs> and so uh, he says, speaking to yourself in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks. Amen. Say that with me. Giving thanks. Amen. Giving thanks always for all things. That is, of course, in the kingdom of God and of God. Unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here it's very uh, clearly uh, seen that one of the discernible characteristics of a Spirit-filled person is they're going to be giving thanks and they're going to have a song in their heart. So you can check up on yourself this week. uh, You know, uh, have I been singing, making melody in my heart? Have I been giving thanks? Say, well, are you a spirit-filled Christian? Oh, yes, I'm a spirit-filled Christian. (laughs) Well, that's like someone said, you know, uh, the preacher, he ran off with the piano player and had an affair with her, and he was spirit-filled. He wasn't that day. (laughs) Right? So, spirit-filled is kind of used pretty loosely in our circles. Having been spirit-filled doesn't mean spirit-filled. Right? And having had a song, you know, in yesteryear doesn't mean that you're spirit-filled today. So, uh, spirit-filled, actually the Greek implication here is by tense of the verb is uh, where it says, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. It's in the ongoing continuum, uh, continual uh, tense, which means be being filled. In other words, just keep on, keep on, and keep on being filled. It's kind of like the gas tank on your car. If you drive it for a while, it's starting to get low. Uh, What do you need to do? You need to refill. And so it's the same way with our life. Uh, You know, uh, if we've, you know, working for God, facing trials and tests, resisting the devil, believing God for things, then you need to replenish. And part of your replenishment is, is to get filled again. And this is to be a habitual thing. We're to stay full. I don't always stay full, but, you know, I'm getting better at staying full. (laughs) Say it with me. I'm getting better better. at staying full. full. (laughs) Uh, So, again, he said uh, here, this is in context of grace. He said, uh, Be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, uh, verse 17. And then he talks about being filled with the Spirit. And this is part of being filled with the Spirit. Giving thanks, verse 20. Also, uh, verse 21. 
submitting yourselves to one another in the fear of the Lord. Stay spirit-filled, you get along with people. And if you can't get along with people, it's highly unlikely that you're under the influence of and being led and guided by the Spirit. Amen? If you can't get along with people, it's highly likely you're not under the influence of the Spirit of God or being led by the Spirit of God. Because the fruit of the Spirit, uh, the work of the Spirit is uh, tied to and is a byproduct of being led by the Spirit. So the fruit of the Spirit is love. So uh, if you're being led by the Spirit, you're going to be led by love and you're going to be easier... Uh, you're going to submit to people that are in authority over you. You're going to submit to God. You're going to you're just going to have an agreeable. Uh, one translation uses adapt for submit and adapt to one another. It means you know you just you know you can get along with people. <laughs> Amen or oh me. Uh, Colossians, where we were going, chapter two. Colossians chapter 2. Paul has been talking to the Colossians here about uh, who Christ is as head of the body of Christ. And in verse uh, 6 he said, uh, in Colossians 2.6 he said, As you have therefore received Christ, Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. In other words, the same way you got in is the same way you keep going. How did you get in? You got in by grace. So how do you keep going? You keep going by grace. Amen? And verse 7 says, As we continue forward in Christ and grow in Him, we're rooted and built up in Him. Uh, this is one of the verses that helped us, uh, you know, in the naming of our church, uh, Faith Builders. It says, rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith. So we're rooted in the faith. We're faith-rooted. We're faith-built. Yeah. Right? Faith-established. As you have been taught, doing what? What's the last part? Abounding therein with thanksgiving. Abounding. Uh, Other translations say overflowing. And so uh, this is to be characteristic of our daily life as New Testament, born-again, Spirit-filled Christians. Uh, We are to be abounding in thanksgiving. And uh, that back to that phrase again, you can't be gracious to a person that feels like they deserve it. Uh, you know, if the Lord helps us to get rid of a I deserve it attitude, then we will live in constant thanksgiving for appreciation of the grace that's been bestowed upon us. And that is the way that we are to live as New Testament Christians. So what do you deserve this morning? <laughs> Do you deserve uh, the bright sunshine today? Do you deserve all the fresh air you've been using? Do you deserve my presence and your? I deserve your presence this morning. No. Do we deserve the conscious awareness of uh, that we're children of God and that we're born again this morning? Do we deserve the third person of the Trinity living inside us, the greater one this morning? Do we deserve the free and unlimited use of the name of Jesus? Do we deserve all the healings that the Lord has done in our physical body and all the you know uh, restoring of our soul when we've been distraught mentally? Uh, Do we deserve the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit? Do we deserve a resurrection body? Do we deserve a place that Jesus has been working on for 2,000 years? Wow. Amen? Uh, Do we deserve, you know, uh, the keys of the kingdom? Do we deserve 
you know, being sons of God and having the glorious inheritance of uh, all that's His. Uh, do we deserve righteousness? Do we deserve, uh, you know, uh, being set apart to be His useful vessel? Do we deserve, uh, you know, on and on and on? No, we don't deserve any of it, but we've got it all. Amen. So we should be, since we're abounding in blessings and abounding in the reception of grace, we should be abounding in thanksgiving and gratitude. Amen. Amen. And it'll get the joy back in your heart and a smile back on your face and get you out of legalism and just keeping a bunch of commandments over into spontaneous, enjoyable, Christian, victorious life just to start flowing in a recognition of the grace of God and getting rid of a I deserve it attitude. You will, if you start saying that you didn't deserve any of it, you will start feeling so blessed and you'll get so happy. <laughs> Are you still here? And uh, so, uh, you know, we used our time up today, but I don't think it's been unprofitable. <laughs> Can God be gracious to you? And, uh, and, and, you know, and you appreciate it. Glory to God. You know, with uh, ten lepers, Jesus, uh, you know, Jesus cut through a lot of stuff sometimes. <laughs> and uh, His response was, you know, not what pe- people were thinking. But, you know, ten got healed, one came back. And Jesus uh, didn't say, oh, it's so wonderful that you came back. He said, where's the other nine? Yeah. Now, he was appreciative that that man came back. And he said, you know, one came back and I think he was a Samaritan. Right? And uh, Jesus said, where's the other nine? And uh, God is not demanding or feels like He deserves it, but it's just owing and right that when someone gives their life for us to have what we have, that we appreciate it with honor and with regular thanksgiving. Amen? Amen. So uh, we're going to stand up and praise God here we go today. Say, well, you've already done that. (laughs) Well, (laughs) this is something that you never get finished with. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh, Father! Thank You! Thank You! Thank You for Your goodness. Thank You for Your grace. Thank You for Your mercies. Thank You, Lord, for Your love. Oh, thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Hallelujah! 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 Thank You, Lord, for Your graciousness, Your goodness, Your blessings in Christ Jesus. Thank You for giving us all things. Thank You that we're rich beyond compare. Hallelujah. Glory. Thank You, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank You, Lord. Hallelujah. We abound. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. Hallelujah. Thank You, Lord. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God that we're grace recipients. Hallelujah. Thank you for your great benevolence. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your great love. Hallelujah. Thank you for your Son, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for your Spirit, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for your protection, your goodness, your healing. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. You're so good. You're so good. You're so good. Well, uh, we did it in English. Let's do it in tongues a couple of minutes. The Bible says if you give thanks in a tongue, He said you give thanks well. Oh, Patista, Moglechenga, Feglimira Toblas, Voklahashka Andakatona, Fevriana Loposto, Ochi Bokisto, Fevra Dandara, Prusenske Lemichiga, Samako, Fevrita Maliarahuma, Felavunyeston Gito Boroko Tiesasa, Vagarahata, Kara Proken Sigan Su. Gandidi Eshto Okoli Endorananaste Eshta Bakadel Chakalit Manoko Ratel Papepa Fevrila Terasoti Evasong Taski Eshto Okantura Andago Vela Kabavro Pera Brosen Seva Kel Chakiska Andakayel Kelebovrianda Kapapa Sen Seva we bless your name, Lord. We bless your name. In the Spirit, in our understanding, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Well, I have been edified and uplifted. Hallelujah. Y'all doing all right? Yes, sir. This message has been brought to you by Faith Builders Family Church. To learn more, please visit our website, www.faithbuilderschurch.net.